Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another episode of EM Over Easy. I'm Drew Kelno. I'm running semi-solo, but that's okay. We have one of our blog editors, Patricia Capone, here. Patricia, thanks for joining us. Of course. Two awesome guests, Blake Briggs, Shane Gu. Thank you. We are going to talk about a really important topic in medicine, not just emergency medicine, medicine in general, maybe life, which is why finding your niche, or for those of you that say niche, that's wrong, but fine, how it actually helps to prevent burnout. So oftentimes it creates more work, and yet you feel better about all the work you're doing. So I'm just going to throw that out there and let y'all pick it up, and we'll go from there. I guess I'll start. So I think, uh, yeah, this is something that really hits home for me because a few years after residency, I was just, you know, working as a clinical attending, seeing patients, just doing the thing and really felt unfulfilled. And I I don't, I don't knock it. People do that and love it and I'm great at it. And that's perfect for them. Awesome. But for me, I just felt like I was missing something, decreased my job satisfaction for sure. And I felt like I couldn't do this for another 20 years or so. For me, that I turned to medical education. That was the easiest thing. There were residents there. They needed help. I tried to get good at that. And that's kind of where it led and obviously has spiraled up from there. And now I love going to work. I love seeing the residents every day. I love the opportunity to get to present to them. And that really makes me feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile. So that's my personal story about it. Yeah, I think for me, I like I haven't been a doctor for very long, obviously. But when I was in med school, I'll never forget when Andy asked me if I wanted to be a part of EM or Easy because I was so excited about it. And all my friends were like, okay, but you're going to do that on top of school? Like, that's a lot of work. And I was like, yeah, but it'll be great. And I think it really was for me because it allowed me to take time away from studying and being in the books and all that. And I was able to, you know, listen to our More Than Medicine chats and it was an outlet and it was really good for me. Yeah, similar story. You know, I I always enjoyed medical education and teaching. I knew that that was something that I liked. I was tutoring in med school. I tutored in college and I was experimenting with podcasting. I did radio announcing in high school. I always felt like I I loved, you know, speaking from an audio sphere. And I was in residency, I remember. And one thing that's interesting that you kind of tied in was the fact that I I knew how to do the podcasting. I was doing it, but doing it alone really sucks. And when you have that mentorship and communication with the people, it's really helpful, like what you had with Andy and Drew. And so for me, I met an attending at Wake Forest where I was training who heard about that I was interested in podcasting. And he had an idea of starting this new podcast that was just concentrating on rapid board pearls for emergency medicine. And that was like a niche that hasn't been covered yet on podcasts. He said, we'll make just 10-minute episodes, just quick board pearls, make it really funny. It's not going to be dry at all. It's going to be stupid humor, dad jokes, that kind of thing. I said, that sounds awesome. And let's do it. And I remember we met up at lunch, had a talk about it. And even like meeting with him talking, I'm like, this is never going to go anywhere. But it sounds fun. Like it sounds like a great way to I was I was hadn't even picked my elective month second year. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I thought I was gonna do EMS or ultrasound like everybody does. And and he's like, Why don't you do your month of just doing podcasts? And I'm like, Is that like legal or can I like, <laughs> is that against the rules? Yeah, like, can I can I pass it through the program leadership? And he's like, Yeah, sure, we'll make something up. We'll say it's like a research month or something. I said, Great. So if my program director director is listening right now. I appreciate him signing off on this. But but uh, he signed off on it and I did it and I haven't looked back and and we've been doing it since 2018 a second year resident and this we've you know had a good success with the 
company now. It's a company now, and it's fantastic. We love it. So, And you deserve a, a plug, which is Ian Board Bombs. It is an awesome podcast. It's also just a great resource on their website. I love going to it for some quick clinical pearls when I'm teaching residents on Shift. I love your blast emails that you send out. You've created such a nice product. So Appreciate if you're looking it. for you. not just board review, I mean, truly just quick hit basics of emergency medicine, Ian Board Bombs has to be one of the go-to sites to go to. And it's, it's also a very visually pleasing website to go oh, to, which I appreciate. Much. So Yes, thank you. All right, I'll stop fanboying. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay you later. Over, <laughs> over it, but I mean, you know, kudos, kudos deserve for sure. But let's lean into this idea of why finding a niche helps with wellness and helps prevent burnout. So it's great that you find it, but, but what is it about it? Because as we have all alluded to is it creates more work. I think really for me, it is work that I choose to do. That's the difference. I'm not being forced to, you know, be there from whatever, two to 10 for my shift. I'm not forced to see patients and do this and this. Really, I have a way of deciding what's important to me, what I want to spend my time on. And I think that's helpful. I think it's great that you found a niche that was unfulfilled too. Mine, you know, it's medical education. A lot of people do that. But I still love it and I enjoy it and I can find my own little spinoff on it. And I think you could say that for anything, be it ultrasound or EMS or DEI, wilderness medicine, whatever, whatever it is, just something that you enjoy doing. I was talking to a couple of a couple of people earlier at breakfast, and they made a good point. We were talking about we were talking with a few medical students, and they're asking you know ways to get involved in EM. They're only second years, and and one of the people that was with me said a really good example of like, hey, you got to pick a, a niche or like something outside of medicine or something outside. Excuse me, your job that's in medicine. You should definitely have things outside of medicine. Like I love the outdoors. I love I go on backpacking trips every few months and everything camping. But he's like, for example, he's like, I love scuba diving. He's like, the problem with scuba diving is I'm going to be thinking about scuba diving all the time at work, and it's not going to do me any good. He's like, but the good thing about having some type of medical niche, even if it's administrative or whatever, of some type of giving back portion of your portion of your job, the the non tangible part of your shift work, is that you you actively can apply that at work, or at least you can say like, listen, my my medical job being a doctor is more than just I see patients and I'm doing this grind. You know, if I have a crappy shift, at least I can go home and work on a lecture I'm preparing or a podcast, or I can I'm. I know that I'm meeting with the admin next week to improve a, I don't know, some operations thing or triage thing. Like you have that aspect of I am giving back something that at least keeps your drive at work. Because the problem is, is if you have just hobbies, because I know a lot of doctors that they feel miserable on shift or even non-EM people that are like, can't wait till they have a vacation. They can go scuba dive, for example, or something or vacation. And it's like, that's going to be over and you're going to be back at work and you're going to hate your life again. So it's good to have that constant flow of non-tangible recovery. I think it's a good reminder of why we love what we do. And I think working with residents or, you know, the podcast, it, it reminds us why in a low stress environment, because we always work in a very high stress environment, it's kind of like in that downtime, like you're saying, you're still remembering why you love EM, but it's not in the heat of the moment with the patient running around the ER, you know, just trying to see patients in the grind. And the idea of compartmentalizing and using different parts of your brain, I think is really important. I mean, I really love working clinically, but I don't know that I can do full-time just clinical at this point. And it would be, it'd be the slog where it's, you know, what is the thing? But in a given week, I have a couple clinical shifts. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't at this point, but I have academic work. I have some admin work. I have podcasting, social media stuff to do. And so I get to constantly bounce around between different parts of as little creativity as I have, right? Some creativity, some, some admin work, which is, 
I, I'm always a process person and I get really annoyed with things. So you got to, if, if you are, you lean into a little bit of admin and then the academics is really, I mean, teaching and, and for me, simulation is just like, it's, it's my happy fun place, right? Like, and that's actually where I'm a good teacher too. Cause Patricia will tell you, I'm really not that good on shift, but <laughs> I can, I can true. actually educate <laughs> in the, in the sim lab and feel good about myself. And, and I, that's some of it too, I think is feeling good about yourself and, and really taking pride in what you're doing. Yeah, it really all comes down to fulfillment, really. It's, yeah, taking pride, really enjoying what you do and feel like you're get, you're getting something out of it and you're giving something to somebody else. Yeah, I think it's like that creating something. Like in Sim, you create an experience for us to learn. And with the podcast, we create an experience in which people get to relate to us or, you know, learn. And with Ian Bombs, like you're learning something in a different way than you typically do. So, yeah, I think it's like you're able to get you get something, but you give something. And it doesn't feel like work. Right. Exactly. My family and friends are always like, you work all the time. Clinically, I really only work like eight shifts a month. (laughs) But it's stuff, you know, I'm on the computer or at the classroom that I actually enjoy doing. So it doesn't feel like work to me. Well, I think that's such an important thing to think about and to talk about. And we touched on it on some of our other episodes is when work is fun, it's easy to do. It's when work becomes stressful. And work is always, there's always a layer of stress, but when you don't want to do the work that needs to be done, when the thought of accomplishing the tasks that need to be done just add angst and stress in themselves, then you really have to question, is this something I want to continue doing? So when you have that niche that you're really passionate about and say, oh, you know, hey, I got my, this is my half day to do academics. This is my half day to do podcasting. I'm excited to do this episode and I'm excited to edit and I'm excited to put together this presentation. It makes it so easy to just do it. And that really brings it back to the burnout, you know, topic. Like when I think the first sign for me, at least, was when you start to have those feelings like I dreading this upcoming shift. I don't want to get ready. I don't want to drive in. Then that's a bad sign. You know, if a, a little change in mindset or finding your niche or whatever it may be that you can find something good that's going to come out of that game changer. We're excited to introduce a new sponsor of the EM Over Easy podcast, IV Clinicians. IV has solved the problem we've faced every time we've changed clinical jobs. That is where to find the information about emergency medicine employers. Led by an emergency physician, IV makes it simple to look for places you'd want to work. On IV's site, you can search by region or city, filter by your personal preferences, and connect with the in-house recruiter of that specific emergency department. Your CV goes only to the ED's employer so you don't get spammed from other random recruiters. Ivy has more info about every ED in the country than we've ever seen anywhere else. Ivy Clinicians is the Zillow of the emergency medicine job market. Like Zillow, Ivy is free for clinicians, and Ivy even sends you a signing bonus of champagne and coffee if you get hired through their site. So go check them out at ivyclinicians.io today. Yeah. And I think it's too like changing your environment for me. Whenever I blog, I will, I typically go to a coffee shop that I love. I'll get a nice coffee. I'll sit. So it's like a whole experience for me. It's not just like, Oh, I'm going to sit down and write this paper. Like as if I were writing something for school, it's like, no, like I'm going to go do this thing for a few hours and it's going to be completely using a different part of my brain. Like Drew was saying. Something else about once you find your niche and you're leaning into and you're doing it, it feels like something that you control. When you're working, when I am working clinically, I feel, I'm not in control of that. 
right? There's many things I'm not in control of. I'm, I'm only somewhat in control of my schedule. I'm only somewhat in control of what walks through the emergency department door that day. I'm only somewhat in control over who I am working with and how the ED is. There's so many variables that are outside of my realm of control. And I'm okay with that, right? I mean, I love working clinically. But there's a layer of stress that comes along with that lack of control. But then when I'm doing my other work, I control it, right? I mean, it is mine to own. And there is, I think, something else that goes along with truly having that ownership that makes it easier to just do. Wow, I just shut everything down. No, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. It's such a deep thought. We're all thinking deeply. Right. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. true, though. Like, we, we do work in a really chaotic environment. So, it, you know, when we get to... When it's all about the R, you know, there's there's no really like E there. Like it's just you're you're doing the whole thing. So I think it's important with your scheduling. You know, you mentioned earlier that I've had those feelings too. Like last week or so, I had four shifts in a row. Just it's just the way cookie crumbled. I'm off this week for this conference. You know, I get it, but it's like that last week. I was like, man, it's gonna suck. Like four, you know, ten hour shifts in a row, and. uh as all the residents right now are rolling their eyes going, that yes, is just, that's every week for me. <laughs> yeah, Thank exactly. you, Blake. Thank you. Were there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except I had to walk backwards up the hill in snow. Yeah, mm-hmm. to go to exactly. residency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. yeah, exactly. It was so much harder. Yeah. Anyway, he was only available, you know, most of the time. You know, that's always funny. Older attendings when they're like, well, I never had CD or something like that. I'm like, well, okay, we do now. <laughs> quick aside, we're going to get back to your point. Yeah. We, we still have in between our two recess bays, even though it's a relatively new emergency department, we have a light box for, for image and one of our older attendings pulled some new residents and students and just what is this and it was just silence and stares i mean because when when have we ever used a light box to look at x-ray let alone ct images i mean i don't never for clinical purposes i had one patient okay i was just gonna say is it bad that i didn't even know that that was there like I'm actually gonna have to go look for the light box. It is. Now. It is I've in never between noticed it in trauma all the one and trauma two. That's, That's right. We, we had one in my residency, and, and somehow some patient came from just the middle of nowhere, like southwest corner of Virginia, you know, Withville or something. You know that area by the Tennessee border near Bristol where there's nothing. There's no, the Bermuda Triangle of states, and it's like in that area of nothingness. And they came, and they didn't have their EMR. They didn't have an EMR system. They had paper charts, which is expected. Small hospital, five beds, and the patient came with paper chart and their film, their X-ray film, which was on actual film. And you had to put it up to a light box, and I was so excited. More that side that I ever was. Did you even have shift. a light box put it we up? To? Light, I mean, we, trust me, this is an old ED. Okay. Curtains yeah. and everything. <laughs> we had a light box and it did work. And I was so excited. Anyway, aside aside uh, taken there. I don't know what we were even talking about. I was talking about. Oh yeah, scheduling. So yeah, the four shifts in a row, which are which are rough if you're a poor attending. And for me, like I think that I knew those shifts can be rough. And so that the day after my shifts, or if I can try to move my schedule around, I always try to have that day of recovery and then try to think, you know what, something that can boost up my happiness is having a recording day or knowing I'm going to work on my podcast that day instead of doing, you know, chores or other things that you also hate at home. So trying to like have that day of like, you know what, I just worked four shifts a row, it sucked, I'll finish my charts. And then, you know what, tomorrow though, I get to work on the podcast, work on the website. I love that kind of stuff. Or you know, get to work with the med student on editing something. So that, that, that it's always t- nice to have that as a recovery too. So when we talk about niche, when we talk about doing something we're really engaged and interested in, in doing it. It does take balance though. Have you all felt at some point that you've actually let that other thing become too much where it distracts away from the things you have to do from your clinical work, from maybe some of the admin administrative work that, that has to get done and how do you maintain that balance? I'm still learning myself. (laughs) 
No, I think, yeah, it, you're, you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely a game of balance. And obviously, we're going to want to spend more time doing those things that we enjoy than the stuff that you really have to force on yourself. Like I said, I'm still learning. I'm definitely not good at it. I'll take any pointers as well. But yeah, balance is important. I think something I learned really early on, and again, I guess we're talking in the context of if your niche involves some sort of teaching, I feel like that's the theme right now. There's a medical education or some type of outreach thing where it's online. I learned this really early on, actually, from Salim Rezaev with Rebel EM. And it was actually first time I met EM over Easy Crew. It was at the ASEP 19 Denver meetup. Yo, yeah. What, and, a, what um, a great time. What a great, it was an awesome time. And that was like right when I was starting the podcast, pretty much a year into it. And I met these guys at a bar, tavern place, whatever it was, yeah. near the conference center. And it was impromptu. It was fantastic. And I got to meet like Salim early on, Anton Hellman of EM Cases, fantastic people. And I remember I asked like these, you know, people that have been doing it a little while longer, like, what's your advice on some of this stuff and not getting burned out? You know, because a lot of these podcasts and blogs eventually fall off since they started. And and Salim's biggest piece of advice, which has stuck with me, is like offload as much as you can when you can. And he's like, when you get big enough or when you get like in a, in a, uh, a time where you feel like your time is stretched, he's like, if you have a partner doing this with you, you got to offload them and tell them what's going on. Or, you know, take on some med students that really want to help, like offload on them, like give them tasks to do that make them feel valued. But also like you can't be doing everything at once all the time because it'll get in the way of other things in your life. Like, you know, early on in the company, I was spending like as a resident, like the wee hours of like getting off a night shift, coming home and I had to update the website because there was a typo or something. And now I can thankfully offload a lot of that to like a med student. We have that patrols, that kind of stuff. And it's great. But like that stuff, when you can like always, you don't have to do it alone, especially if you have a passion for it. Like people want probably to be on board with that kind of stuff. There are people who are always looking for ways to be involved. I think also just like listening to the people around you, like for me, I, the first six months of residency, these guys were like, yeah, no, you're, you're off. Like you're off for the first six months. Like you need to focus on being an intern. And, and that, I think as much as I was like, wait, really? Like, but I want to, and they were just like, no, 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 no. So it, you know, listening to the people around you and they, they know what residency is like because they've been through it. And I, I liken it sometimes to when we think about medical education for junior learners, the, it's kind of like the cool, sexy topic that you, you know you want to talk about. So, hey, let's talk about Reboa. Let's talk about ECMO. Well, that's great, and we can really enjoy doing that. But if you don't, you have to take care of everything else too, right? So when you think about the learner, it's the fundamentals. You, we can't talk about Reboa until you understand every every part and piece that leads up to that. And when we think about our, our niche, maybe a little different when it's pure academics, right? Because that is, it's beyond a niche. I mean, that really is essential to your job. But your, your clinical work has to take priority at some point, right? Because that's truly what's paying the bills and what's keeping you employed. But sometimes you can find that balance where you get close to the, the 50-50. And, and there are those. I mean, there are those that have made their entire career essentially their niche and, and can leave clinical medicine or make clinical medicine a part-time gig and part-time gig only. I feel like that'll never be me. But again, I'm young, but like I... There is something about still with, with shifts and still seeing patients, and I know that people at this table are similar, is that there's something fulfilling still about going to a room and, you know, and, and working something up or seeing some of that excitement. And I would hope that, in my mind, that that would never change. And I think that balance is, like, what, what makes it fun. But you're right. There's some of those people, especially in academics, right? I remember, like, my a few professors, they would do anything possible to not work a shift when I was at Wake Forest. They will, they will remain nameless, but they <laughs> you could tell, like, they were just looking at their watch ready to like, can I go to another meeting or something rather than the clinical needy? And that's just not me, but to each their own. It all comes back to balance. And like you said, it makes it more enjoyable. Maybe the stuff that you don't necessarily want to do, like have to see patients, have to work clinical shifts. 
when you've had that time off to focus on what you really enjoy, it makes it more right. enjoyable when Absolutely. you come back. Yeah, I, I feel much fresher on shifts, maybe because I'm just working less of them, who knows. But you know, when you get to do something like this, we're at a conference, we're podcasting, I'm doing all this, and then I have to go home and I work a shift. I'm, I'm excited to work my shift because I do, you know, again, I will lean into the fact that I still do love clinical medicine practicing, partially because I get to to teach and that aha moment when the, the light bulb turns on for the the learners is is so rewarding, right? And, and so that's a niche in itself. But I also like practicing medicine on my own and remembering that I truly can. I don't need a resident to make sure I'm not messing up, right? Do you know how to discharge patient alone? That's the big, that's the big thing I always talk to. <laughs> that's the thing I always, the certain attendings I work with, other attendings with residents, they're like, how do I send meds to a pharmacy? Oh, I, I, hate, I hate that moment where I have to look at, I have to look at the residents. So how do I do this again? Because that, that to me feels like a failure. I should be the one that knows, that knows it all. And What's I, the I, process for admitting this week? Yeah, <laughs> I, pride, I pride myself on knowing it. Well, Who's on spine? Oh, oh, yeah, Thank you all for having a, a quick, hard-hitting conversation about finding your niche. I think we are all working on it, but have really clear directions and, and different directions. And it's so important to wellness in not just your professional career, but your personal career. So thanks for the insight. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right. And to all you Emover Easy listeners out there, thanks for listening to another episode. Remember to check us out on our blog site that Patricia is so good at keeping updated. You can check out our social media pages on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And remember, we are the official podcast of the ACOEP, American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians, where we are today recording from their scientific assembly in Las Vegas and are looking forward to many more awesome conferences to come. Mm-hmm.